Welcome to the Crunch Time Instagram Live Podcast, hosted by me, Benjamin Bullock. This podcast features nothing but real talk analysis and conversations about sports, entertainment, news, and much more. Now, strap in and buckle your seatbelts because it's time for Crunch Time. What's happening, y'all? What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? Happy Friday to y'all on January 9th, I mean, the 29th of January right here in 2021. Hope all is well with y'all, man. I want to thank y'all for joining me and right here on the Crunch Time Instagram live podcast right here, man. I'm your host, Benjamin Bullock. So happy for y'all to be joining me here tonight for this special episode, episode four, season two. I'm going to be talking to NBA with one of the top scouting gurus and analysts analysts in the game on the NBA and NCAA side of Rashad Phillips. For, the, for those who are listening for the very first time, uh, you can follow us, follow this podcast on Spotify, YouTube, and also, and also Apple Podcasts. And also, if this is your first time listening on this particular podcast, we give you nothing but real talk real and real life conversations about sports, news, politics, entertainment, whatever the topic might be for today. And like I said earlier, the topic for today is going to be NBA talking one of the top analysts in the game and Rashad Phillips, man. He's one of the dopest people out there. I really enjoy his takes and his in terms of what he gives, in terms of talking about the game of basketball as a former player. Yeah, he actually hooked at the Detroit Mercy and uh, out there in Michigan and also played 10 years overseas as well and eventually transitioned to the media field. Uh, so he's had some really good takes and he's really been right in terms of what uh, teams should be able to look for on particular players. For example, with Trey Young and also John Morant, he was the first one that kind of hopped on the John Morant uh John Moran trained when he was hooping uh, at Murray State. So shout out to him, man. And throughout the show, man, if y'all have any questions for Rashad, go ahead and drop it right there in the comment section. So I want to thank y'all for joining me, and I'm going to go ahead and get Rashad at it right now. Rashad, what's up, man? How you doing, brother? I'm good, bro. I'm good, man. How you doing, man, on this Friday evening, man? Oh, man, I'm feeling good. I can't call it, man. Thanks for having me on your show. Um, I'm excited. I, I really appreciate it. Anytime I see good brothers reaching out, um, I'm always here to be a part of everything, man. So, uh, again, thank you for having me. Man, no, pr- thank you, man, for even taking time out of your business because I know you're a busy man. You're very high in demand. You know, shout out to Rob Park and Chris Broussard. That's my guy. Those are my guys, too. You know what yeah. I mean? So I can see you definitely uh, getting on that level, which you already on on that level, in my personal opinion. So um, is it snowing up there in Michigan or where you at now, matter of fact? Oh, man, I'm in Florida, baby. Okay, I'm oh, you're good then. You're good money, bro. You ain't got to worry about that snow up there, man. I'm warm, <laughs> brother. I'm warm. <laughs> I understand, man. It's about 60 degrees out here in Dallas, Texas, man. So let's hop into this thing, man. First and foremost, man, it was uh, the one-year anniversary of Kobe Bryant passing, and um, I know you were – you were familiar with Kobe and the, the video I actually dropped on the, on the, on my Twitter page with you hooping and the Magic uh, Round Ball Classic. Kobe was in that man. So what's your what's your what's your thoughts on just you know celebrating the life of Kobe Bryant even though he, he tragically passed uh, last year? Um, I'm still I'm I'm not over it. I'm mm-hmm. not, you know, just mentally I'm still not in a good place to you know to accept it. Mm-hmm. You know. I, you know, Kobe was meant so much to the the culture, to the fabric of the game of basketball. So mm-hmm. um, to lose that type of person um, so suddenly, but not only that, but, you know, the, the, the eight other people that were with him, including his daughter and yeah. other kids on the, you know, it's just, it's, uh, it's mind boggling to me to, to even know that he's gone. I talk to him all the time, man. Like to myself, mm. I just, I talk to him and, and um, I do feel like he sends me messages 
Um, mm. I, I do feel like that. Um, I have a huge, huge uh, poster in my my office right now, right mm. across from me right now that I mm -hmm. see him every time I'm writing and stuff. So he's just, yeah. I, you know, it's just unfortunate, man, and uh, something that I'll never, never get over and never be able to kind of cope with it. Yeah, yeah, I definitely understand. I'm the same way, man. I was at a brunch when I got the news and everybody was talking about it and. You know, I have a young daughter, man, so I I felt that that hit me right here, man, all day, man. So, you know, it, it just is what it is, man. You know what I mean? What was that game like, though, on a lighter note, man, when y'all played up there? Was that 96? 96, man. Yeah, yeah. So tell me a little bit about that, man. It was a fantastic moment for me individually. Um, mm -hmm. Here I am, 5'9", 150 pounds, <laughs> you know, um, unranked nationally, so nobody yeah. really knows me outside of the state of Michigan. Mm -hmm. And I get the opportunity to fill in and play against 19 of the best players in America and walk away with the MVP. I mean, I, I mean that sounds like a Disney script. Right. You know? um, but being able to be on the floor with such high-caliber players like mm -hmm. Tim Thomas. Tim Thomas, great player. Mm -hmm. And Tim Thomas was unbelievable, brother. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable player. Oh, yeah. Kobe, Richard Hamilton, Jamal McGlure. Big Cat, yep. Jason Hart, Lauren mm -hmm. Woods, Shaheen mm -hmm. Holloway, Lester Earl. Yeah. I mean, I was on the floor with, like, like I think, I still, I, I know it may sound biased, but the 1996 high school class is one of the best high school classes, and I, I'll put it up against anybody. Same here. I agree with you 100%. Yeah, so to walk away with MVP of that was really a, a testament to the type of player that I was, that I mm -hmm. knew I was, but I just wasn't getting the national attention. Right. Um, so that really felt good to me to be embraced by the fellas and obviously Kobe Bryant kind of signing off on um, my talent at that particular time. That's dope, man. Kind of helped propel me to the next level. That's great, man. That's great. And you ended up starring at Detroit Mercy. You ended up getting your jersey retired and, you know, you were able to uh, play overseas for 10 years. So kudos to you, man, for even getting through college and able to build a professional career right after that, man. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was, uh, you know, not everybody gets to play division one basketball. First of all, only 3% of, of, of players get to play uh, division one basketball. And mm -hmm. on top of that, I don't think people understand how difficult it is to be an all American. Right. Um, at the college level, especially mm -hmm. at my size, you mm -hmm. know, and to be, to be good for four years straight, you know, mm -hmm. really, you don't see that a lot. So right, yeah, man, you definitely did your thing, man, and congratulations to you, man. So let's kind of shift gears a little bit, man. To you know the current current status in the league right now, you know, obviously coming into the season, one of the biggest storylines were, I mean, was you know, how would Kevin Durant and Kyrie kind of coexist in in Brooklyn, and also on the other hand, you had James Harden kind of coming out of nowhere, being unhappy. In Houston, so they ended up trading uh, James Harden, Harden to Brooklyn, and so in terms of like, well, how do you think that team's going to work out in terms of possibly even winning an NBA championship this season? I think it's going to work out fine. Anytime that you put three dominant players on the same team, mm -hmm. um, I think their only competition is themselves. Right. You know, I mean, Harden, Kyrie, and, and KD are maybe the top three isolation players in all of basketball. Right. So. This is a team that can close out games. Right. So 
it's going to be really difficult for you to beat them four times in a playoff series. And um, I'm, I sure, I'm sure they have one more trick up their sleeve and trying to trade for a, a hybrid post. Mm-hmm. And once they do that, um, I, I really believe that the Nets are going to be in the finals. And, and mm-hmm. whoever they face, well, I think it's going to be the Lakers. I don't think it's going to be a cakewalk. Wow. Three dominant players. Mm-hmm. I understand. So you don't think DeAndre Jordan is the is that piece on the post they need? No, I just think he's he's a little older now mm-hmm. at, uh, in, in his career. I think he's a good second unit backup. But as far as um, playing extended minutes, mm-hmm. um, you're going to have to go get somebody like Andre Drummond or, mm-hmm. you know, somebody like that where you can kind of lean on that guy to, to play extended minutes in the playoffs. I got you. So how do you think um... – Steve Nash is going to be able to kind of hold everything together as a first-year coach. I know he has a really good support staff, but at the same time, you know what I mean? How, how do you think he's yeah. going to be able to hold that together? That's not his job. Steve, <laughs> Steve Nash is not really the coach of that team. He's just the face of that team. Those yeah. guys coach themselves. This is not a high school team. Yeah. These, these are three future Hall of Famers. Like, you don't really coach those guys. You just kind of manage them. Mm-hmm. They yeah. coach themselves. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Um, and I think Nash is the the perfect coach uh, mm. for Brooklyn for Brooklyn and for what they have because of his relationship with KD in the past mm-hmm. and the respect factor um, that the players have for him. He's a he's a two time MVP. He was a uh, you know just a, a a great player in his own right. So I think when you when you're when you have those type of accolades and then you step into that field of coaching, you automatically garnish the respect of those around you. And I think. Right. Steve does that that's a good point man this is rashad phillips nba ncaa uh guru uh scouting guru and analyst if y'all have any questions for him go and drop it in the comment section so staying with the eastern conference man you know philadelphia is really mm-hmm. really 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 kind of necessarily taking off but they've done really well under doc rivers and even the knicks have been able to kind of mm-hmm. stay around that 500 mark under tom thibodeau man so what do you think about those two teams and how they're going to be able to match up or how they're going to progress as the season goes along well, I think Philadelphia, I mean, when you look at what Joel, Joel Embiid is doing, I think he's a top three MVP candidate. I think mm-hmm. Doc, Doc Rivers has been able to get between his ears. Mm. You know? And um, I think that was the only thing that was kind of holding Joel back. What do you mean by that? What do you mean by that well, part? Man, Listen. Well, I, I just think that a lot of young players come into the NBA and some of them aren't as hungry. Mm. Um, as they should be for their talent level. I think Joel was one of those guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, the injuries um, kind of uh, slow him down. Right. But now, him being healthy and having a guy like Doc Rivers, who's kind of a, 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 a basketball whisperer. He's literally. Literally. He's been able to, to kind of get between the ears of Joel and kind of get him going, you mm-hmm. know? That's good, man. What about the Knicks, man? So, yeah, I, I think the Knicks are still – obviously, Tom has them playing great basketball. I, I right. think we don't talk about Julius Randle enough. Definitely. And, and, and how tremendous of a player that he has been mm-hmm. ever since he left the Lakers. Yeah. Ever since he's left L.A., he's been tremendous. He's yeah. been – I mean, he's been 20, 21-9 and nine one year, shooting 52% this season. He's playing – he's playing tremendous – um, he's one of those players that um, you may not pay to watch play, yeah. but he's one that you will respect. <laughs> yeah. 
when you play against him. You know, he's not he's not yeah. a highlight guy. Um, he's just a, a brute force. And, and I think New York made the right decision by making him the number one option and going through him. Okay, I definitely get that, man. It was crazy, small world. So he actually, he's from Dallas, and yep. he lives here in the offseason, and he actually works out at one of the gyms I go to. Go to. So shout out to Sanders Fit in downtown Dallas, man. He was in there on Sundays, bro, getting it in, just just on some straight agility stuff and just trying to really stay in shape. Yeah. So definitely, he's definitely been in, been, been in the grind and definitely trying to make it happen. For sure. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We got a question from uh, Cool Athletics, man. He says, if you were calling the shots in Denver – would you give Bobo more minutes? That's a very good question. Yeah, I would. I would. I would put Bobo in the game. Um, when you look at the landscape of how the NBA is played, it's about pace and space, mm. and, and Bobo kind of epitomizes that because his ability to make shots, um, his shot blocking ability, um, and, and again, he's a mismatch problem for a right. lot of teams. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I would I would definitely play him more. Why do you think he hasn't got more minutes? I don't think he's mature enough yet to really mm -hmm. um, make that step forward in the NBA. A lot of things is about maturity, mm -hmm. and, and I think uh, a lot of times you have to um, allow these kids to grow into their roles and grow into their professionalism mm -hmm. before you start throwing them out on the court. So sometimes it's not always just basketball related why a player isn't playing. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of other factors that go into it, and I believe Bobo that's that that makes the case for him. Would you say like a lot of the off off the court stuff is trying to manage money, family, and all that kind of everything? Stuff? Okay, there's a, there's a lot to go with being a professional athlete, uh, and a lot of times we sit back and just think that these people you know these players are, are robots when they're actually people mm -hmm. um there's a lot going on there so um bobo's still young yeah um from an age factor and just mentally i don't think he's there yet professionally to know like that he wants to take that next step right right staying with staying with the western conference man the clippers they just got a big win last night over the heat they're yeah. sitting up the top of the western conference um so shout out to paul george actually coming out this year Really, very determined to try to prove a lot of doubters wrong after what they did um, in the bubble last season. Um, do you think this is fool's gold, or do you think this is sustainable going forward? No, I, I think it's legit. Um, when you look at the bench, I mean Tyron Lue, but also Chauncey Billups is on the bench as well, who yeah. one of the greatest leaders ever in the NBA. When you got guys like that in the locker room, again, I told we we spoke about this about the Steve Nash, you know, the credibility here. Mm -hmm. Your, your coaches are two point guards that were pretty pretty good. I mean, Chauncey should be a Hall of Famer. Mm -hmm. This guy has the respect and the command in the locker room. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I do believe that um, I do believe that the Clippers, Mason Jones right there, that's my guy right there. Yeah. Mason Jones, all God, baby. Mason Jones yeah. is my favorite rookie in the NBA right now. We're gonna talk about him later on the show too. We're gonna talk. We got. <laughs> we, we got. We got him coming. Shout out to Mason, man. Definitely, man. Shout out to him, man. So speaking of Mason, man, like you were on his train early. Then John Morant, you was on his train. Then you made some really big headlines, which put you on a lot of people's radars when you said Trey Young was the rarest point guard. Talk to me a little bit about how those particular moments kind of put your career and put you on an upper echelon amongst the rest of the gurus, scouting gurus and analysts out there. 
I, I think that I'm just, I'm not afraid to be wrong, man. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, and I speak with my eyes, man. I don't, I don't, I don't use analytics and all of that, man. Like I, I look at players for what they are and I speak on it and I'm not mm -hmm. afraid to be wrong. And when I looked at, when I looked at Trey Young, I was like, look, man, this kid is going to come into the NBA and, and do something a little bit different than what we've seen since Isaiah Thomas. And mm -hmm. so far, so true. I mean, Everybody wanted the Steph Curry comparison, but I just, I just think he's a, he's a better facilitator than Steph Curry. Um, he plays the point guard position. Uh, Curry doesn't play point guard, so I just, I just knew that Trey Young would be um, what Allen Iverson was to Philly. Trey mm -hmm. Young to Atlanta. Mm -hmm. That makes sense, man. So is that how you got the nickname Yoda? <laughs> <laughs> from me being a teacher yeah uh, and i started my skills academy when i retired mm -hmm. um, i had over 200 kids in my academy um and uh the parents would call me yoda because mm -hmm. i was always teaching and i had wisdom so it's just something i just kind of stuck with and i'm a huge star wars guy um mm -hmm. so it it was great good good i love it man i love it man. i got a question for my man cash is from queens from the bronx new york he said is it time for coach bud to go to milwaukee to go in mill or Giannis and company have been supported in the playoffs? Yeah, I think Milwaukee has about a two to three year window. Mm -hmm. They got like from now on, they got like a two, three year window. And if it doesn't work, I think Giannis is going to end up getting traded. Yeah. You know, because once you have these players and you plateau with them, um, eventually you have to move on from them and try to start over. Um, so. I, I think that uh, Milwaukee has about two, three more years. Mm -hmm. I definitely agree with that, man. It seems like even right now, they kind of, I mean, they got this year with Drew Holiday, you know what I mean? We'll see what happens with that in terms of they hit their ceiling. But if they don't get it done this year, man, they they got to figure something out because I feel like he's just going to be still, they're going to be like stuck in the mud for the most part. Yeah, that's why they got like a two, three year window. Yeah. They, yeah. they got to, like, they got to do something. I mean, you can fire the coach, but. That Instead really, of players, it goes back to your point when it comes to yeah, in the NBA yeah. and the players, it just goes back to that. Look, if I'm the coach of Milwaukee, man, look, bro, I'm paying. We paying you two hundred million dollars to win games, bro. Like it ain't, <laughs> it ain't, it ain't my fault, bro. Like you got to win the games, man. Like you out there, you know, it's not high school and college, bro. This yeah. is pros. Like, bro, yeah. we paying you two hundred million. Yeah. Like it ain't my fault. Yeah, yeah, you're hundred was one hundred percent right, bro. I mean, yeah, it's definitely all on the players, man, and. We'll just see what happens, you know, with Milwaukee, man. You know, I know one thing I love about the way you uh, you break down games and break down players is that you bring a former player's perspective. And I, to me, I just yeah. love that because you know, no disrespect to any of the journalists out there who never played, no, but at, at the same at the same time, you know, you've actually been in the locker room, you've been on the court, you know, you've talked to coaches, and you actually been in these players' shoes. So, you know, how much of, how much of an advantage does that give you in terms of when you're breaking down players and all of that? I think it gives me a huge advantage, you know, because for me, I was born, I was born into the game. You know, I come, my father was a coach. I'm a coach's son. Mm -hmm. I, was, I was born in the gym since I was three years old. Um, I was, you know, I was raised under guys like Chris Weber and Steve Smith. Mm. So I, I mean, I come, from, yeah. I come from basketball, you know, yeah. my father started a scouting service when I was seven years old, I would write mm. scouting reports. So like this is no different than when you see someone become a doctor 
because their parents are doctors. Right. Or they become a, a lawyer because their parents are lawyers. Like I, I only come from, I, I only am what I come from. Right. And Love that. I'm, I'm able to speak on it. Love that, man. Love that. So how does that help you ev help you evaluate players? You know what I mean? In terms of applying yeah. like what you played and all that kind yeah. of stuff. I've, I've been around every type of player that, that you can ever imagine. Mm -hmm. And me being a great player coming up, it helps me. Like I know yeah. what it is to be a superstar. Mm -hmm. I, I was a, I was a superstar from eight years old until until I retired. So yeah. I know what it feels like to be a superstar player. So I know what it looks like through the eyes of a superstar. I know what it feels like through the eyes of a superstar. And also, yeah. I just know what it feels like to be a, um, a a player. And I believe that media needs. Uh, they they need guys that speak from an authentic place because exactly. we, right now it's too much gossip. It's too much. It's too much. It's too a much. Right. Gossip, a lot of gossip. A lot of debate. A lot of arguing. I'm not really in. I'm not in. The, I'm not in it for that. I'm not mm -hmm. into arguing with you. I'm not into debating all of this. Who was this? Who was better? Who is? We waste of time. Turned, we've turned this. We've turned this culture into a, a, a argument base mm. everybody, everybody has to argue with each other Fact. instead of just appreciating what the game actually brings to the table 100 percent right man and like you said i think you know a lot of this stuff now is you know i think they taking the barbershop talk talk to like a whole nother level in terms of just being just too much banter too much like this and you're not really learning anything because you're too not much. it's just all in a circle and there's never really a point proven it's just a lot of banter and you're not learning no. anything for me, for me personally, man, like I've done some broadcasting back in my younger days. I mean, I was actually the color guy. So for me, if you can teach me something about the game in terms of, you know, what play is this or why do they run this in this particular situation or tell me about this play in terms of what is his weaknesses and why he can't do this on the post. I love that particular stuff. Yeah, I, I believe that that's what's missing. Um, you know, TV, you know, TV has really poisoned all of us to some degree. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> And and the leaders of the soapboxes are guys that really haven't been through the trenches, but mm -hmm. they're on, but they have a soapbox where they're able to use their narratives and inject that into millions of people. Right. So I have people that sit in my Instagram comments that I know sit there and watch Skip Bayless and all of that stuff, <laughs> and it's like they regurgitate. Mm -hmm. stuff that they see on tv and it's me. not original exactly you know so for me it's like look man like you're not even looking at the game how i look at the game mm -hmm. so it's hard for me to even debate with you mm -hmm. because you don't see the game how i see it right it's it's like a quarterback like i never i never was an nfl quarterback or a college quarterback any i played quarterback in little league yeah so i i don't really have the eyes yeah of a quarterback right so, so it's hard for me to argue with a, a quarterback that was <laughs> an All-American quarterback on football because right. I don't know what his eyes Our have scene. seen. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. It's like, why are you arguing with me? Your eyes don't even see the same thing I see. Yeah. So it's, it's pointless for us to have that argument. Right, right. And you know what, man? And I 100% agree with you. Like I said, I don't even really watch – a lot of those shows, because a lot of them just... Oh, no, I don't watch that. No, 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 because it's just really just for sound bites and to create engagement on social media, yeah, man. So, yeah, so, yeah, I'm good on those, man. Glad we on the same tip, man. This is Rashad Phillips, man, NCAA and NBA 
uh, scouting guru. If y'all have any questions for him, drop it down in the comment section, man. Um, so, Rashad, my question for you this right now is, you know, speaking of evaluating talent, man, what do you think about this year's incoming draft class, man? You know, you got some guys who are doing pretty well at the college level right now. I'm Me personally, I'm a big fan of Jalen Green. I saw him hoop out here in a Thanksgiving tournament in Dallas last year. Jalen Green is fantastic. I actually spoke to his – I spoke to his camp yesterday. Yeah, okay. Because um, they're coming down to Orlando for the G League bubble. So okay. um, I got a call from his camp yesterday. Nice. Um, he's a fantastic kid, fantastic player. Um, he reminds me a lot of Zach Levine. Mm, okay. Uh, he has a lot of explosion. He's a dominant two-level scorer. Yeah. Um, so I, Jalen Green has a chance to be a top three pick. Mm-hmm. If he plays well in this G League bubble, he has a chance to be a top three pick. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Kay Cunningham. I think Kay Cunningham um, has a Grant Hill aura yeah. about him. Agreed. Um, he's terrific. I think he should be the number one pick. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just a stand-up type kid. I love Scotty Barnes. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, again, this is—I mean, this draft class is, is going to be heavy, and teams will will be excited no matter where they land because there's about. 15 kids that you, you you really can't go wrong on this draft. Love it, love it, love it. And kind of along the lines of that, um, got a question from John Stewart, 94, says, who who are your favorite high school point guards right now? Wow, I love I love Scoot Henderson. Um, Scoot Henderson is phenomenal. Um, I love I love Noah Shelby. He's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a four-level scorer. Um Jaden Hardy is my obviously my 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 favorite. My two favorite high school players is pro, is Jalen Jaden Hardy mm-hmm. and Mike Foster. Those okay. two there are are just tremendous. Yep, yep, yep. I like them, man. And um, I know I like the kid Mikey Williams. I know he's what a junior. Who's a sophomore or junior? Yeah, yeah. I like I like Mikey too. Um, he's a really he's a really good player. Um, I think he's solid. Yeah, I like him too, man. Uh, so I, we got a question from Dom, man. Dom Wilford, so shout out to Dom for helping us get this thing rolling, man. He says, uh, the Suns have a lot of new faces on their roster and they are winning. Is the difference Chris Paul and his arrival or what else could it might be? Because they just pulled out a big win last night too. Yeah, the difference is is the point guard. That's it. Yeah. Wherever, <laughs> wherever, wherever Chris Paul goes, uh, W's follow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Paul is... Uh, a top five point guard to ever play the game. Um, it's a shame that he hasn't been rewarded with the MVP trophy or a defensive player of the year trophy. Something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just, I mean, when you go back and look at his career, he's changed about four franchises. Like Off the, the, real. Clip, the Clippers were, the Clippers were on their last leg until Chris Paul got there. Okay. Mm-hmm. They were on their last leg. The uh, New Orleans Hornets was on their last leg, and they mm-hmm. drafted Chris Paul. You know, uh, OKC was just taking Chris Paul as a a, a salary, mm-hmm. and was like, "We're going to get a top pick." And Chris Paul took him to the playoffs. Yeah. And now, yes, <laughs> I mean, like I can't make this stuff up. The stories write yeah. themselves, and that's the difference. That's the difference from um, myself and a lot of media members i don't i don't create the stories the stories write themselves yeah and i just tell you what's hiding in plain sight yeah that's the best way to do it man you just gotta just put it out there and then also to kind of inform people too and let them know like hey this is what i'm thinking in terms of you know why this guy would be a good fit in the in the league absolutely i mean a guy like chris paul is is a generational talent 
And again, he doesn't get that tag um, because he's small. And mm-hmm. He doesn't. He doesn't dunk, and he doesn't windmill. And <laughs> but uh, I mean, we haven't. Chris Paul is the Isaiah Thomas of this generation. Yeah. You know, like Kobe was the Michael Jordan of a generation. Chris Paul is the Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. Of this generation, but he hasn't won the championships like yeah. Isaiah. I'm just saying in regards to the way that he's dominating the game from a small player's yeah. position um, and not really receiving um, the accolades that he should. Absolutely. Absolutely. Man, I got a question for you, man. It's kind of an interesting one. So if an NBA team offered you a front of front office gig, would you take it? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I get that question a lot. <laughs> Yeah, I got a couple factors in before I mm-hmm. would nod to that. Um, it depends on the team, first yeah. of all. Mm-hmm. Um, it it also has to depend on uh, the job title. Mm-hmm. I, I'm never gonna just go. I'm never gonna be a scout for an NBA team. Like, yeah, no, nah, 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 you're yeah, you're above that. You're above. You're that. not gonna. Yeah, you're just not gonna make me a scout. So yeah. if you offer me a scouting job. You, you just yeah, you could just say the email. Um, but it depends on the title, the city, and then because I have a family, man. So I, I got and I like warm weather. So yeah. it has to be I like the Orlando Magic, Atlanta Hawks. Yeah. Oh, so I'll I'll stay in, in somewhere like that. That's good, man. Hey, I you, yeah. you're gonna be in one. I'm gonna just claim it right now. <laughs> all right, all right, cool. I need it. Yeah, yeah. I got a question from Mike Roach7. He says, Lonzo Ball could be on the move. Uh, what type of systems or team do you think he'll fit with? It's a, that's a very good question. Very good question. I, I think Lonzo Ball needs to come here in Orlando. Mm. I, I mean, I know we got Cole Anthony and stuff like that, but I think Lonzo would would be really good here in Orlando because Orlando is a defensive-based type of team. Yeah. And that suits Lonzo's style of play. Lonzo's a, a defender. Um, he's a traditional guard. I think I think Lonzo Lonzo Ball name is bigger than his what we yeah. want him to play. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I just one hundred percent agree. I just think he's a solid player. Yeah. But his name is bigger than than what he can offer. Yeah. And that's not taking nothing from him. I just think we've his name has been in the bright lights from from whatever reason. Yeah. He's the number two pick, but I don't think he. I, I think De'Aaron Fox is a better player. Yeah, that was – I don't know. To me, even when they played each other in the NCAA tournament, I'm like, De'Aaron Fox is a way – like I said, way better, but he's a much better player than Lonzo Ball. And then De'Aaron ended up going later in, in the draft. And to me, it was to me it was really no comparison. I always thought De'Aaron was a better shooter. I think he created a little bit better. I think he's a better, better player. Exactly. Better All that, player. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just a better player. And, again – how I do my scouting, like I just remove the curtain and remove the narrative, bro, and yeah. just speak the game. Like this is not me taking anything away from Lonzo, um, but this is me just looking at the game, the the position. Mm-hmm. I, I believe De'Aaron Fox is a better basketball player mm-hmm. than Lonzo Ball, and it's right. it's really not close mm-hmm. to me. Oh yeah, you're right. It's it's, it's not close at all. Not close. close at all, man. Not close at all, man. So I got I got another question for you, man. So. You know, you talk about mentoring uh, players and, you know, all different types of level, man. You actually took on a really good project with Edger and James' son, uh, Jizzle. Jizzle. So, shout out to Jizzle, man. So, 
How did that even happen, man? Because, you know, obviously, Edger and James just got inducted into the Hall of Fame. I know yeah. y'all down in Florida, but tell me how that even happened. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's crazy because when you start scouting and evaluating and, and people starting to hear your name in, amongst different circles, yeah. um, people start reaching out to you from, mm-hmm. from, from all walks. And I got a phone call one day. And it was Edwin and James. <laughs> he's like, he's like, hey, shot. Do the accent. Do the do the accent. I need the Miami accent. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he a, you know he a Florida boy. I know bro. you got to do it, bro. You got to do like, the Dade County accent. He like, he like, he like, yo, 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 shot. Hey, hey, I need you over my son. I need you over here with Jizzle man. I need you with Jizzle man. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, mouthful of goals, all that. Yeah, we call him Jiz- we call him Jizzle Man. So he like, I need you with Jizzle Man. And the crazy thing about Edge is Edge didn't ask me. He told me. <laughs> he never asked me. He called my phone. I'm like, hello. He like, hey, I need you with Jizzle Man. It's Edge. He's like, hey, meet me at my crib tomorrow. I knew you like, uh, all right, I'll see you tomorrow then. I was like, all right, see you tomorrow, Edge. <laughs> but Edge is Edge is a phenomenal person. That's good. Um he just just really understands the fabric of sports. Mm-hmm. Um he has a he has wonderful kids. Like I've I've met I met met all his kids. I've been mm-hmm. obviously been to his house. And uh Jizzle was just a, a, a really good kid, man. Like mm-hmm. he He's very inquisitive, mm-hmm. he asks questions. He's very receptive. He understands what's going on. And um, I, I, I love the kid. Like, he's like my nephew, you know? Mm. Um, and, and now me and Edge, man, me and Edge like brothers now, man. We That's talk, great, man. We talk pretty much every day. He he li- he lives 25 minutes from me. So mm-hmm. it's like we, we, we just go like that, man. But, no, he's, he's, he's a fantastic guy, man. I, I couldn't um, – I couldn't ask for a better person. Also, you know, we're the same age. Yeah. So a lot of people don't understand, like, a lot of these guys, these pros, like, we're in our 40s. So they remember me when I was a player. Yeah. Like, so Edge remembers me at UAD because we, That's we crazy. were. So they were like, oh, they. so it's like they're they're putting two and two together. It's like, oh, that's, that's the same dude that was yeah. in Detroit with the Braves. And it's like they yeah. put two and two together. And then, you know, uh. that's what works. Man, it's crazy how things work out for you, man. Shout out to Edge, man. I know he ready to get that gold jacket and hop in that that, that uh, Caprice Ooh. or whatever going to sit down there in Florida, man. And <laughs> hey, we got a question from Warren, man. Uh, he says, uh, should the NCAA three-point line be the same as the NBA three-point line? Oh, man, that's a great question. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say no. Mm-hmm because I think too many kids will rely on that mm-hmm. and it'll, it'll, it'll take away colleges. College is a pure game. Mm-hmm. It's not an entertainment game. Mm-hmm. College is, is, is predicated on basketball mm-hmm. and the, the rules and the principles of the game. Right. I believe if you move the three point line back in college, then you take away from the purity of it. And then you mm-hmm. start trying to make it more entertainment. Right. You got to be able to 
go through different channels. The NBA is entertainment. Those are the highest level. College is the is the, the bridge yeah. to that. So I don't think that you should move the three-point line back. You think the, the, you think the mid-range game is lost? It's, it's lost because analytics has made people believe that it's not a good shot. I've had mm. kids tell me, I get calls from kids all the time. My coach told me, don't take the pull-up. And I said, I don't understand. What's your coach? Let me talk to him. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand that logic. I don't. Yeah. I don't. A good, yeah, a good shot is a good shot. Mm-hmm. Unless it's a time situation where you're, you're down three and you need a three with mm-hmm. certain seconds on the clock and you need it. Then I obviously, but if you have a two point pull up, yeah, um, I, I think you yeah, take it. Yeah, take it. Definitely, definitely. If you, somebody who's struggling on the court, they need to get find a rhythm instead of just trying to force and jack threes all day. If that mid range is open, go and take that thing right off the glass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh-huh. great, man. So we just we just about done, man. I got one more question. Uh, yeah. from uh, YouTube Lifer. Uh, he says, "What do you think of Anthony Simons? Uh, does uh, he need to be a? Does he need to find a better opportunity?" I I think Anthony Simons is I think next year Anthony Simons will be the number one breakout player in the NBA. Mm. Okay. Uh, um I, I I really I really love what that kid is about. He's a tremendous athlete. Mm-hmm. Um but he's improved uh, from a perimeter standpoint. Hey I'll take some more questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely take some more questions. Yeah, go and drop it in, Will. He's a he's a phenomenal athlete, great perimeter player and again he's playing behind, you know, C.J. McCullough. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to look at it like that. Um, but I think next year, Anthony, Anthony Simons will be the number one breakout player in the NBA next year. Couldn't agree, couldn't agree more, man. So let's do a quick uh, word association questions, man. Real quick answers, man. So I'm going to throw something at you and you just throw it, throw it right back. I mean, the first thing that comes to your mind. So LaMelo La Ball, what you got? Uh, box office. Mm-hmm. Mason Jones. Uh, my favorite player. Here's a real good one. I think people, you can even elaborate on this one, man. Uh, Zion Williamson. Man, I I really hope that Zion can stay healthy. That's it. If mm. if if Zion can stay healthy, it it, it could get ugly for some people. <laughs> it can get ugly. Yeah, he just got to stay healthy, man, and, and you know, <laughs> stay, stay, stay on the court, bro. Stay on the court, if, man. If he if he can keep that, if he can keep his weight down, it it could get ugly. I why do you think? I'm, why do you think you can't keep his weight down, man? I just think, I mean, maturity, is maturity, like you talked about earlier. Yeah, I just think that he's still a kid. Mm-hmm. I think he's still a kid, but man, he is like League. I'm saying, man, he's a Lamborghini for sure. Um, <laughs> I just think he's a kid. He's still learning his body. Um, if he stays healthy, though, Zion can average, you know, 27, 28 a game if he can stay healthy. Mm. I, I and, and he's one of the few players that can dominate a game mm-hmm. without being skilled. Mm, okay. Like, okay. He doesn't have to be skilled. Like, he's just. He's just out there. He's just brute force. Yeah. And he reminds me of like Daryl Dawkins. Mm. Chocolate Thunder. Okay. He, he reminds me of Chocolate yeah, Thunder. Yeah. Shout out to Th- Chocolate Thunder, man, for those who don't know who that is. Yeah, definitely recipe to him. Okay. Here's one for you Bronny James. LeBron's son. 
<laughs> That's it. <laughs> All right, then we got to talk about this earlier. Mikey Williams. Box office. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Okay, we'll see. We got uh, got a question from John Stewart 94. It says, do you like Sky Clark? I love Sky Clark. Mm. Sky Clark is going to change Kentucky next year. Okay. He is... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you saw that question from my man. <laughs> finish this, finish this answer, then we go to that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> he, said, he, said, he said, who wins and why? <laughs> all right, man. So let me, uh, all right. So let me get back to Sky Clark. I, I, I love Sky Clark. I think he, I think he's going to change Kentucky next year. Mm -hmm. um, Kentucky lacks a, 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 a point guard perimeter player mm -hmm. that's dominant. And I, I I can't believe I didn't say his name when they asked me about who's my favorite high school players, but Scott Clark is one of those too. Yeah. Um, that kid is going to be tremendous. Mm -hmm. I, I think he's going to be a top ten pick. Mm. He's going to be a one and done, but he's going to be one of those one and dones that is legit ready to play at the pro level. At the next level, love it, yeah. love it, love it. All right, so let's hop <laughs> talk about my man Will's question, man. So just he said, who wins in a one on one? Rashad Phillips versus Ray McCullum. Who wins and why? First of all, who let let people know who Ray McCullum is if, if they don't know. <laughs> Ray McC Ray McCullum is one of the great guards that that played at the University of Detroit. Mm -hmm. um, fantastic kid, love his father. Um, one of my Titan brothers. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, who would win one on one? Yeah. So, I got two answers for that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'll win both times, but. The first time, I'm 42, so I'll probably only <laughs> win by one because I'm 42. Mm -hmm. um, but in my prime, it, it'll get really ugly. It'll be real ugly. <laughs> I'm talking real. I'm talking real ugly. Real ugly. How ugly? How ugly? <laughs> uh, uh, like uh, color purple sealy ugly. Hey, chill, chill, chill. Tyrone Hill, ugly boy. Let me stop. Let me stop. Popeye Jones. <laughs> Masterpiece sneaker, ugly. Birdman looks ugly. I just think. Hey, chill, chill. You got to chill, bro. Come on, man. You started it. <laughs> hey, full of what you had. Hey, y'all. If y'all got any more questions for Rashad, man, drop it down. We're about to wrap this thing up, man. Hey, Rashad, so, thank you so much, bro. <laughs> I'm going to answer one more question, man. Yeah, Hawks go ahead. Draft nerd. Oh. Hawks, Hawks draft nerd is my guy, man, so I got to answer Yeah, this yeah, question. I'm sorry. Go ahead. So he asked about when is our guy, Jemias, um Ramsey going to get some playing time in Sacramento? Yeah. So I think Sacramento was just holding on to their cards because I think Jemias and R.J. Hampton are two kids that mm -hmm. are sitting behind guys that are making lots of money. Yeah. So a lot of times when rookies don't play, it's not just, oh, the rookie's not ready or he can't play or he's a bust or he... Yeah. So Jemias is sitting behind uh, De'Aaron Fox, who's making $100 million. Mm -hmm. 
Harrison Barnes, who's making a hundred million. Yeah. Buddy Hill, who's making a hundred million. So it's hard for him yeah. to get on the floor. It's not enough minutes. Not enough minutes. It's guys making a hundred million dollars in front of you. They're not gonna play you when I'm paying this dude a hundred million dollars. Right. So I think Jemias has to wait his turn. RJ Hampton has to wait his turn as well. We got more silly questions because I'm <laughs> got people laughing at us, man. Yeah, man yeah, that's right. Right. yeah, Kodak, yeah, Kodak Black ugly. Yeah, Ooh. It, it, it'll get ugly like that. Ooh, that's pretty ugly, boy. <laughs> that's pretty ugly, boy. We got one question from uh, another question from one Queese. He says, uh, "Who are the greatest top four players to ever come out of the state of Michigan?" That's a really good question. Very Magic good question. Johnson. Magic Johnson definitely. Mm -hmm. Magic Magic Johnson's one. Chris Weber is two. Mm -hmm. um, Jalen Rose? Top four? Derek Coleman, sir. Okay, DC. Okay, DC. Okay. Mm -hmm. And Steve Smith. Yeah, Jalen's not in that now. He's not in that. He's not in that. He said four. Okay, yeah, four. Who, who would be a, who would be the fifth? Give me give me that give me that five spot. Damn, that's tough, bro. Oh man, that's a tough one. I gotta really I gotta really dig. I got, I don't know the the fifth one. I got to really think about that one. Um, mm. Maybe maybe Amani Bates when he's done. <laughs> I hold that for the young fella. Mm. Mm. Love it, love it, love it. We got one more question from uh, Max Van Akin. He says, Tyrell Terry. Uh, when will the Mavs utilize him? Oh, he's down right here in Dallas too. So I don't know when that's going. I don't know what Carlisle going to do with him. Yes, yeah, Spencer Haywood is definitely yes, Spencer Haywood. Like that's what I'm saying. I was like. Yeah, that's a hell of a question, bro. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, Verve. Um, yeah, I'm I'm in there somewhere, but man, it's, I'm like in the I'm in the like top twelve, mm -hmm. you know. But those guys, Chris Weber, Magic Johnson, like those Spencer Haywood, Derek Coleman, like those guys, like that, yeah, you know? we got, mm -hmm. yeah, Smitty, like those guys are in front of me, man. Mm -hmm. um, Antoine Davis is in here, man. Antoine Davis is one of my favorite college players. Um, mm -hmm. He's going to end up breaking my scoring records. Um, the dude can really put the ball in the basket like no other, bro. That's like, good. I watched that dude on tape. It's like, man, like, <laughs> like the 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 way he be scoring the ball, bro. Like, it'd be like it's crazy how he could put the ball in the basket. Like, yeah. he just he's an NBA scorer, bro. Like, for real. Like, mm. so. Um, okay, what was the next question? I think that question was. I think the Mavs are, again, it's one of those situations like Jemias Ramsey and RJ Hampton. Okay. I think that these teams are going to slow cook their rookies this year yeah. because mm -hmm. there was no summer league. Yeah. So you got to take it slow with them. Yeah, that's a good point. A very good point for summer league. No summer league, right. No summer league. So it's really, so I think a guy like Tyrell Terry is going to just wait his turn. Um, Trey Burke kind of, you know, Trey Burke, Jalen Brunson, they kind of got some little guys already in front of him. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's going to take time before Tyrell get on the floor and really have this impact. But trust me, he, he, he's like that. Yeah, I know. I know. He hasn't got much playing time since, you know, we get the Mavs games down here. So yeah, you know, yeah. times I've had seen him play, I you know he's like really legit, man. He's really yeah, he's legit, legit, man. Yeah, man. Well, shot, man. Hey, thank you, bro, for hopping on the show with me, man. This is dope, man. We, we're gonna have to do this again. We're gonna have a whole roasting session next time. You know what I mean? <laughs> My man set us up with that question. Man. He did. Like, I'm not gonna lose too many. I'm not gonna lose too many one-on-one -on -one games, man. Like that's my. That was. I mean, that's what I do. Yeah. Yeah. That's what yeah. I do, man. Definitely, bro. Well, thank you so much, man. You know, this is dope. 
Um, make sure y'all follow this guy. Follow follow every everything on social media. Check us out. Check him out on any uh, any other platforms. Anything you want to say before you get out of here, man? No, I, I really appreciate it. Uh, it's, it's been a blast, man. Can't wait to do it again. And uh, and and again, thanks thanks for having me. No problem, bro. We'll talk soon, okay? Talk soon. Yes, sir. All right, man, that was a phenomenal show, man, with my man Rashad Phillips, man. You know, shout out to everybody who dropped some really great questions, man. Really appreciate y'all for tuning in and interacting today, man. And you can catch this episode on my Instagram right after this ends on my timeline. And also you can catch it on YouTube, uh, Spotify, and also Apple as well. So if y'all have any questions for me in terms of how I can make the show better, please let me know. I'm definitely open to uh, any suggestions, any comments, or whatever the case may be. So... Once again, this is the Crunch Time Instagram Live Instagram Live Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Bullock. Thank you for listening and watching. We'll catch y'all in the next couple of weeks. I'm going to take the next couple of weeks off because I got some stuff to do for work. That's going to take up a lot of my time. So appreciate y'all, man. Y'all be good. Y'all be easy. And also, y'all be blessed. Appreciate y'all.